0: You have your Bibles. We're going to start uh, in in Romans 8, just kind of a a bit of a review, and then we're going to be going to John 14. Well, I tell you, I, I, I love the lyrics of that song we just sang. I love the part. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Child of God, aren't you thankful for Psalms 23? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, shall run after me, shall be there for me every moment I live and forevermore. Aren't you thankful? Romans 8. Romans 8, we're going to read verses 12 through 14 once again. Romans 8, 12 through 14. I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Let's pray once again. Heavenly Father, we just come before you giving thanks for Your Word, the the wonderful words of life. And Father, help us that we may be attentive as Your Holy Spirit would speak through Your Word today. And Father, I pray that You would help me to just stand on Your Word, to not get distracted and sidetracked by anything other than the truth that is found in Your Word. So Lord, help us that we all might see you and know you for who you truly are. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So for the last several weeks now, we've been focusing on that part of um, verse 13 that, that said, by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body. And Be putting to death the deeds of the body, or in other words, be killing sin. We, we've talked about that for several weeks now. And we've talked about not trying to do that of our own strength, of our own power, because uh, the, the, the hand of flesh will surely fail us. It, this must be done by the Spirit. So by the Spirit, be killing sin. And I've asked the question probably every week for about the last three Weeks. What is the weapon of the spirit? It's the sword. It's the word of God. That's Ephesians six verse seventeen. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So to kill sinner lives, to fight the good fight of faith, we must use the sword, which is the word of God, the the Bible. Uh, in the fight of faith, we must fix our gaze, set our minds on the Word of God. We must be in the Word of God. We've emphasized that in particular last week. And I read a, a quote from A.W. Tozer. We we talked about that uh, last night. But I, it's good enough. I want to read it again. If that's okay, let's read this again. This is A.W. Tozer. This is from his book, God's Pursuit of of man And I, I had, didn't check, but I'm pretty sure we have this book in the library if you'd like to check it out and read uh, some of Tozer. And it says, quote, The Spirit-filled walk demands that we live in the Word of God as a fish lives in the sea. See, as a, you understand, as a fish can't live out of the water, can we live out of the Word of God? By this I do not mean that we study the Bible merely not that we make a take a course in Bible doctrine I mean that we should meditate day and night and he takes that from Psalms 1 verse 2 But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So Tozer takes it from that. I mean that we should meditate day and night in the sacred word, that we should live in it and feast upon it and digest it every hour of the day and night. When the business of life compels our attention, we may yet, with a blessed mental reflex, keep the word of God, the word of truth, ever before our minds. End quote. And, and I, I said last week, I love that phrasing, the blessed mental reflex. In, in other words, what's he saying? That that we w- might hide the word of God in our heart. That it would be there for a blessed mental reflex. Hide the word of God in our heart. Why? That we might not sin against him. so what, So we need the word of God. So by the Spirit be putting to death the deeds of the body using the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. And last Sunday we looked at particular verses that could be used in this fight against particular temptations. And um, in, in Ephesians uh That's that's, uh, 617 where it said, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we looked at that for a moment with the the word, uh, not the Greek word logos, which could mean the entirety of the word of God, but the Greek word rima, which means a particular word, like a passage or a a scripture, a particular scripture. Uh, and, And we use the example of Jesus. In the midst of that, of knowing that. We're not going to read all that today, but it's in Matthew 4. Remember that when Jesus was taken up uh, in the spirit to be tempted by the devil, each time the devil came at Christ with a temptation, how did Jesus respond? First he would say, it is written. And then he would have a particular verse, a particular passage, a rima that he could go to 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 fight against or to combat what the devil was saying each time he responded it is written and as we talked about last sunday and uh, that that we're going to we we looked at particular verses last sunday we brought out some particular perhaps temptations or trials that we may go to and we looked at verses to combat those particular things. And we talked about them being what many refer to as fighter verses, fighter verses, that we could fight the good fight of faith using the Word of God to have these verses on hand. And uh, last Sunday, I, I as we went through many things, I said well, we were saving uh, worry, anxiety, and fear for another Sunday. And today is not that Sunday. It will be um, probably in a couple of weeks, but we are going to get to that today. We're going to be focusing on John 14. And perhaps the reason this came to my mind is with today being Communion Sunday. And we've been talking about by the Spirit. Do this by the Spirit. Well, how did this all come about? By the Spirit. Uh, And we're we're going to read about that today in John 14. And, And I want you to be reminded of this. This is just... Hours before he goes to the cross. So everything we're going to be reading that Jesus is talking about is just hours before he's going to die upon the cross. So do you think that these last words that he's going to get to tell his disciples is going to be of utmost and great importance? Yes. Yes. It will be. And of great importance to us as well because... He had been telling them he had been trying to tell them of what must happen I'm going to be going and, and, and I will lay down my life I, I will be crucified on a cross and they were troubled that they, they didn't fully understand and, and so the the beginning of, of John 14 uh, I think I've got that there, there chase just the first verse this is how he starts it out let not your heart be troubled." He was talking to those that were there because they were troubled of heart of of all that Jesus was saying. And so he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. He's saying, I've got this. Don't be troubled. Yes, I'm going away, but there's a promise coming. There's a promise coming. Let's drop down to verse 16, John 14, verse 16. And I, this is Jesus, and I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. Another helper. Um, King James, I think, is comforter, is it? Comforter. Um, And you've probably heard many sermons where different preachers have talked about this and talked about that word for helper or for comforter. It's the Greek word parakletos. It means someone to come alongside. Someone to come alongside. And really, we also have to consider the Greek word another. Because it says another comforter, another helper. We have to consider that word for another. It's alos, which means of the same kind. Of the same kind. So there's going to be a comforter, there's going to be a helper of the same kind as Jesus. As Jesus, just like Jesus. So wait a minute, preacher. So 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 you're saying the Spirit is like Jesus. (laughs) Yes, yes. In in essence, yes. And I pray that as we look at this passage in in John 14, you might clearly see the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, You know, we we sing uh, that that old hymn, uh, God in three persons, blessed Trinity, three separate yet one, in essence. It's only by the grace of God we can even partially fathom all of that. But I pray that we might see that as we go through this today. Because we have God the Father, we have Jesus the Son, Emmanuel, God with us. And now Jesus is sending another Helper, another just like Him, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of Christ. It's said in many different ways. So now, who is this promise given to? Who is this promise given to? Now we need to go back and read verse 15. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to John 14. We're going to begin in 15. We're going to read through. In time here, we're going to read through down through verse 24. So John 14, verse 15. And I just asked, who is this promise? Who is this helper? Who is this comforter given to? If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. So who's the promise given to? To the ones who love him. To the ones who keep his commandments. And, and, and I want you, as we continue reading, I want you to see how many times that is repeated over and over and over. And I've said, as I've said so often, when something is found in the Word of God and it's repeated over and over and over, is it of great importance? You better believe it is. You better believe it is. So here we go. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and He will give you another Helper that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now let me pause for a minute. We've been going through Romans. Does this ring of what we've been looking at in Romans and talking about the indwelling Spirit of the born again believer being in Christ? You know, all all true Christians have the indwelling spirit amen we've talked about that so often if you do not have the spirit you're not a christian you're not his romans 8 9 let's let's just read it let the word tell you that but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit this is talking about those who are truly born again this is talking about spiritual identity Because yes, we're still walking around in the flesh. This is talking about spiritual identity. For those who are born again, you're not in the flesh. You're not walking according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit now. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. If you're truly born again, you see. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. You're not born again. You're not a Christian. So every Christian has the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit in them. Now, let's go back to John 14, verse 18 there, uh, just 14, 14 through 18, yes. I was down to, it says, "But but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans... I will come to you. That's a great thought, isn't it? He'll not leave us fatherless, but he will come. He will come to us. He is sending that comforter. He's sending that helper. Verse 19. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Let me pause there just for a minute. minute. See, he's getting ready to die on the cross. And he says, "The world will see me no more." talk about in the body. And I'm just going as I was reading that, it just seems to me that perhaps the resurrected Christ appeared only to his disciples, only to his sheep. The world will see me no more, perhaps, perhaps. A little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself in him. In other words, he will make himself known to him, manifest himself in him. Um, Verse 22, Judas... And he clarifies, not Iscariot, and, and we know who this, Jude, this Judas is. This is Judas, the, the son of James, and, and we get that from the record that Luke made in, in Luke 6. So he names the twelve, and there's two Judases, and, and he, one is Iscariot, and one is Judas, the son of James. So Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him. And we, who's the we? The Father and the Son. It must be the Father and the Son. And we will come to him and make our home with him. So, the Father and the Son are going to make their home with us, and a Comforter's coming. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit making their home in us will come to Him and, and make our home with Him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Jesus is being obedient to God the Father. The Spirit will speak according to what Christ will say. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He who loves me keeps my word. He who does not love me does not keep my words. Let's deduct a few things here, shall we? How can you distinguish someone as a true Christian? How do you know that you're a true Christian? Well, because uh, I um, I prayed this prayer and, and somebody told me I was saved. They they said that was my profession of faith, and so I'm I'm saved. Well, do you do you read the word of God? Oh, it's been a long time. Did do, do you obey? Well, you know, I try. We all mess up, right? Well, yeah, yeah. L- l- let me just be very clear here. It's, it's not just a profession. Understand that. Yes, a, a confession and profession is part of it, but it's not just a That many people make a profession of faith. Many people will say, Lord, Lord, and claim to be a true Christian. But what did Jesus say? You know where I'm going, Matthew 7. So let's read Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Let me pause there for a minute. Is this not everything that we just read in John? If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. So here Jesus is saying there in the Sermon on the Mount. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from from me, you who practice lawlessness. So in other words, their practice of life did not match the profession of their lips. Do we see that? Those who enter the kingdom of heaven are those who do the will of God the Father. The ones who keep His commandments. Who obe- he who obeys His words. John 15 verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And this is Jesus talking. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. How do we know that Jesus loved the Father? He did His will. He kept His commandments. He did what was asked of Him by the Father, proving that He loved Him. And then in John will continue with these same thoughts even in his epistles. So the gospel of John, the epistles of John, same writer, same person. So he keeps the same thoughts even in the what we know as the epistles in 1 John 2 verses 3 through 5. Now by this we know that we know Him, that we know the Lord, if we keep His commandments. That's how we'll know. We'll keep His commandments. Now, let me pause in the midst of all this. Am I talking about living in in perfection? No. No. Perfection is, is, is not coming until we're glorified together with Him someday. Now, spiritually, here after I said that, spiritually, for those who are in Christ, our identity is secure in Christ. But as we're still walking in this body on earth, we've talked about this a lot as we've been going through Romans, we're going to mess up. But we should be growing in our faith, in our our walk of sanctification, becoming more and more like Christ, and someday in glory we will be, Scripture says, like Him. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided Him. And we were in First John. Now by this, we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He who says, I know Him, and does not keep His commandments, is a, what, say it with me, liar. A liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is perfected, In Him. By this we know that we are in Him. Are you striving after keeping the Word of God and obeying His commandments? Are you in His Word? See, how I I talked about this last Sunday. How important is this? This this is crucial to the life of a born-in believer. How do we know that we are in Christ? We will love Him. We will keep His commandments. Love and obey. Love and obey. And I'll just pause this for a moment just just here. Does this work itself out in the midst of a family with kids? Kids, do you love your mom and dad? If you say yes, but you don't obey them, What's that make you? What well, what did we just read? Makes you a liar. How will they know that you love them? I really wish all the kids was listening to me right now. How will your mom and dad know that you love them? You'll obey them. You see that that same principle that that applies applies to the family. Your mom and dad will know that you love him because You obey them. You will do what they're asking you to do. 1 John 4, verses 20 and 21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. There it is again. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, from the Lord, that he who loves God Must everybody see that little word? You see that? Must love his brother also. Now now we talked some last week about anger and bitterness and revenge. Is there any room for that in the life of a true born again believer? There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. When those thoughts come toward anger toward somebody, well, you don't know what they did to me. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What did the world do to Christ? So it doesn't matter what someone has done to you. It's how will you respond as a child of God? How will we respond? Respond as we should. And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother. Also, if someone says they love God and yet they hate their brother, uh, I can never forgive them. I could can, never I can't do, well, then the love of God is not in you. That's pretty tough, isn't it? But it's true. It's what the word says. If there is no repentance, if the practice of your life is nothing but hatred and anger and bitterness towards someone, that's your practice of life. And what does the Word say about that? That's a scary thought. So if someone says they love God and hate their brother, they're a liar because they're not obedient to His Word and to His commandments. Matthew 22. Matthew 22, verse 36 through 40. This is where the one that really was trying to trip Jesus up when he asked this question. It says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Another gospel will add, with all your strength. Verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. You know That's number one. That's the great commandment. And the second, is like this, Jesus said. The second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And who's your neighbor? <laughs> it's everybody. It's everybody. Verse 40. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything. Everything hangs on. Do you get that? Everything hangs on loving God and loving others. Obeying the Word of God. Love God. Love others. Love your neighbors. John 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you. Again, this is Jesus. That you love one another as I have loved you. How has Christ loved us, child of God? While we were yet sinners, he loved us and died for us. Love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. How important it is, is it, loving others? All will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love and obedience. Love and obedience. I'm I'm sure we're not going to turn there, and I'm sure we'll all remember um, the the story in John 21 where, where it's Jesus and Peter. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? A second time? Lord, you, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Third time. Peter, do you love me? <laughs> Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. What's Jesus saying? What's he really saying? He's saying, Peter, if you really love me, you'll do what I'm asking you to do. You'll obey. That's what he's saying. So so John, everything that John is in there comes up to this. And again, man, so close to the cross and all this is going on. Trying to get through to Peter. Peter, do what I'm commanding you. Peter, do what I'm asking you to do. Let's read John 14, uh, verses 15 through 17 one more time. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. And we understand that, right? One that is just like to come along beside. Another helper that... He may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him. Nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you. And will be in you. You see that person has to be. Drawn by the Holy Spirit. Their blinded eyes opened. Raised from spiritual death to newness of life. And then they can sing, was blind, but now I see. You see, loving God, keeping His commandments, obeying His Word. Let me ask again, what is the sword of the Spirit? It's the Word of God. John 8, verse 31, 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him. So this is believing Jews. If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed. In other words, He's saying you're the real thing. Your faith is genuine. That's what He's saying. If you abide in My Word, you are My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth And the truth shall set you free. Now in particular, for these believing Jews can set them free from all the stuff, the baggage that they're bringing into this new relationship. Let's go John 16, verse 12, 13. And again, this is coming down to, this is coming down to the cross, very close, just hours away. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He had a lot. He had a lot. They, they were, they were crushing beneath the load. They were troubled. They, but he goes on to say, however, when he, when he, capital H, he, the Spirit of Truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. Do we need the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah. Do we we need the Holy Spirit that we might understand anything that's in here? Yeah, yeah, we can. A a a, a, non-believer, someone who's lost as can be, can read this. But it will make no sense. You brought that out in your opening today, brother. It will make no sense to them. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. Hears from who? Well, from Christ, from from the Father. And whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. Let me read uh, a quote from John MacArthur. He, He said this. Jesus is telling them, I must go away, but I'm sending you a helper, someone exactly like myself, who will do for you everything that I have done, who will be your teacher, your illuminator, who will warn you about temptation, who will draw you close to God, who will teach you how to worship Who will help you fight temptation. Who will make all necessary protections and provisions. Who does it all exactly like myself. And he will be with you forever. End quote. I thought that was put very well. For those who are born again. For those who love God and obey his commandments. We have the Holy Spirit. We have Christ in us. We are in Christ. Christ in us. Then let's go back to Romans eight thirteen just for a moment. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I hope we can see that it is only by the Spirit, it is by this helper, this comforter that Christ sent that we can be about the business of killing sin in our lives. Do we see that? Do we understand that? Now, do we know that we have the Spirit? Well, we know that His Spirit will bear witness with our spirit that, that we are children of God. And in other ways, just examine our lives, examine our walk. Do we truly love God and obey His commandments? Do we have a hunger and thirst for His Word? If not, pray. Seek the Lord. Ask Him to open your eyes to His truth. Ask Him to make real your profession and it comes down to this, the question I ask so often, have you believed the gospel of Christ, truly believed? Or was it nothing but words? Pray a prayer, sign a card, whatever. Whatever the process that you went through, perhaps as a child or adolescent. But there was no change. Because there was no Spirit that came in. Have you believed the gospel of Christ? Let's read John 3, verses 14 through 18. It's actually been a few weeks since we've read this. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must, this, must the Son of Man be lifted up. In other words, lifted up on the cross. This must happen. Why? That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. How many times over the last several weeks have we, have we used that from Romans 8? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. But for those who are not in Christ, there is nothing but condemnation. There is only condemnation and wrath awaiting them apart from Christ. John 3, verse 36 he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So by faith, as the Holy Spirit, this is only can only happen as, as the Holy Spirit comes and reveals and opens all of these truths up to us. So some would say as the, as the Spirit quickens us, that we might see truth, that we might see Most Holy God and see ourselves as a sinner before Most Holy God. And I'm telling you, when that moment happens, you will tremble before Him. Because at that moment, you're recognizing who you are before Most Holy God, that you are a sinner and that you're condemned and you know Your eternal destiny is wrath and hell. He teaches our heart to fear. And then our fears He relieves by showing us the rescue of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Aren't you thankful? It was grace that taught my heart to fear. Grace my fears relieved aren't you thankful for that Larry and at that moment as your eyes are open I'm telling you the Spirit will reveal truth the things you've heard in the past that maybe just kind of went over the top of your head or that you didn't truly believe it is kind of uh, it's, it's a pretty good story but it's still kind of foolishness to me at those moments all of that will become reality, and true. Can the born again believers in here give a testimony of yes, amen to that? So Jesus came to this earth to be that perfect sacrificial lamb to give his life a ransom for many to pay in full the penalty of sin for all those who truly believe. I I can say it this way, can I? By the Spirit, believe. Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And again, saved from wrath. That's what you'll be saved from. Same from wrath and condemnation. You'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you believe? And I am certain of this. If you truly believe, the Holy Spirit will bear witness with you that you are Born again, and you will have a hunger and thirst for the Word of God. You'll be changed. You'll not be the same. You can't. You can't. That's Romans, isn't it? How can you who have died to sin live in it any longer? You can't. Oh, do we still mess up? Yeah, but that's not our dwelling place anymore. That's not our practice of life. It can't be. You will love God. And obey His commandments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I just pray that, that by Your mercy and grace that You would perform a miracle that only You can do through the truth of Your Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that miracle is to raise someone from spiritual death to everlasting life. So Lord, I pray, should there be anyone who is listening to this sermon who is yet lost, they're dead in their trespasses and sins, that Father, you might open their eyes, that you may shine light into a dark place, that you might breathe life into that which is dead and raise them the newness of life in Christ. So Father, I pray that upon seeing you that they would they would confess their sins, and Lord, I, I pray that you would grant them repentance and I pray that you would grant them faith that they might truly believe and and Lord just draw them close and help them on their journey the rest of this life on earth to live for Christ, to obey Your commands. And, and Father, for, uh, for those of us who are born again, I pray that even today as we've gone through what we've gone through from Your Word, that we know the importance of by the Spirit that we must put to death these deeds. That, that we might know the importance of, of truly loving You, Father. That we might know the importance of your word. That we need it. We must have it. It is our weapon. It is your word by which we take sinful thoughts and take them captive and place them under the truth of your word and, and say as Christ said, no, no temptation. It is written in your word. So, Father, help us to understand who we are. I pray that everyone in here would truly understand who they are before you. So help us, Father. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.